This episode of Stories of an Extraordinary Industry is brought to you by Densdeck Roofboards. To learn more, go to densdeck.com slash stop callbacks. Welcome to Stories of an Extraordinary Industry podcast, a production of the National Roofing Contractors Association. I am your host for this episode, Crystal Ribble. Expecting our regular host, Jared, he is out on assignment doing some important workforce development for NRCA. How appropriate, because this episode will be all about how we take care of our workforce. As always, our goal is you would be proud of the great things being done by the roofing industry, and you might even learn something along the way. If this is your first time listening, welcome. If you like what you hear, give the podcast a thumbs up and a rating in whatever platform you are listening. Think about the qualities of your workplace that make you feel valued, seen, known, appreciated, and respected. Have you ever worked somewhere where you never felt any of those? Have you worked somewhere where you felt all of those? Likely, if you enjoy the work you do, the entire reason is not because of the actual work, but because of the cultivated environment where you feel purpose and the value you feel around the people you work with. The former CEO of the Xerox Corporation, Anne Mulcahy, once said, employees who believe that management is concerned about them as a whole person, not just as an employee, are more productive, more satisfied, more fulfilled. Satisfied employees mean satisfied customers, which leads to profitability. Our guest today was an instrumental part of turning her workplace into a company that not only cared for their employees, but helped make sure they were seen and known well enough that they wouldn't fall through the cracks when they needed help. This work impacted her life to the point where she started her own consulting company that specifically focuses on many initiatives to help elevate the health of the roofing workplace. I am Mandy McIntyre, and I'm the owner of Level Up Consultants in Cleveland, Ohio. Before starting my own business, I was in the roofing industry for about 10 years with the roofing contractor. I started out scheduling, making estimates, worked my way to project coordinator, service manager, operations officer. And when I resigned, I was vice president. I worked really hard to, you know, work my way up the ladder, so to speak. I was able to do some really great things and I was given a lot of autonomy to do so. And I saw what I was implementing working. I saw more engaged employees. I had a waiting list for employees at one time. And I saw a lot of mental health issues. Mandy's job was at First Choice Roofing in Cleveland, Ohio, which gave her a front row seat to some surprising challenges. And no, it had nothing to do with hard hat safety or fall prevention. It was the challenges many construction workers face in the battle to stay sober and clean in a world of rampant addictions. It's a recurring theme in roofing and construction. I think anyone who's been in this industry has seen it firsthand, the impact. And I just thought, we're failing. We are failing as an industry. And I started researching and the statistics for mental health, for suicide. Construction has the highest suicide rates. Overdose. You're actually more likely to die from an overdose in the construction industry than you are a fall. 
it's just staggering. So I thought, what else can I do? There is such a need. While Mandy was at First Choice Roofing, they hired a young man named Ryan. Mandy and her coworkers knew of his battles with substance use from the beginning, and they were committed to being his support system. We knew because he was actually referred from an existing employee who was living in a recovery housing. It's called The Rock in Cleveland. A lot of roofers and construction workers there. So I knew, you know, we all knew that he was dealing with this, but he was in a safe place and in a controlled environment. He was just such a great guy. He was a charismatic man. Everyone just loved him. And he was like this Hulk-like strength, but sweet as a teddy bear. And he was like, would always give hugs and just a natural born leader would always be able to rally the crew on the worst, you know, some job sites are just, they're just not, they're not ideal. They're awful, you know, horrible conditions. It's a horrible tear off. And he was just always a guy to like do it in a positive way. As time went on, there were moments in Ryan's employment where his friends and coworkers would notice changes in his behavior and physical appearance. This caused concern he had relapsed. Mandy and her team began to take notice of these changes and started planning ways to help him. Mandy's work to be sure her coworkers were seen and taken care of came to a precipice one day when the company enacted an intervention to help and save Ryan's life. I used to always say, you can lift and carry bundles of shingles like you're carrying bundles of like tissue paper and he would climb it up like a 40 foot lat like he his strength was incredible and he started getting really thin really thin and he started talking about money issues there was just a change in his behavior that like light in his eye was gone and he seemed to be getting more agitated but I think it was the weight loss that was like something's not right and some of his co-workers on his team were like, I think, I think he might be using again. And so the leadership team and our HR manager, we, we figured out what are the options. We got it all ready. And um, they said that I should be the one to go and get him because they thought that he would listen to me the most. I think with that day, we had finally gotten everything together where we knew there was a bed open, there was a place open. Mm -hmm. Our HR manager had arranged it all. Now, obviously, we couldn't force him, but we wanted yeah. it to be as seamless and easy as possible. So we set it all up beforehand. And so it was that day because everything was finally ready where we could bring him back, sit him down, and then drive him to this facility. I remember calling off up to the, he was up on the roof, and I was like, Ryan, I need you to come down. And I think he knew because he just had this look on his face. And, you know, I would go to job sites sometimes, but not that often. I was more in the office. So I think I think he just kind of knew because I was there. Like, why else would I be there and tell him to come down in the middle of the day? So he comes down and I'm like, I need you to get in my car and come back with me to the office. And he just kind of looked down and kind of shook his head and looked back up at me and I remember he smiled and he got in my car and we didn't even we didn't even talk we just went back to the office 
walked in and the rest of the leadership team was there and our HR manager. And uh, we just told them, we care about you and we want to make sure you're safe and you need help. And we want to get you that help. And there was no, no, he didn't fight it. He, he went along with it. Ryan is away getting treatment for a couple months and then he comes back to work. But things would never be the same, nor would they improve. He was away for a couple months, I think, maybe even longer. And then he got out, came back, and he was good for a while. And then he started using again, did some dumb things. And and that's when he ended up in jail. After he is released, Ryan reaches back out to Mandy to see if he would still have a job. I was like, yeah, of course. Yeah, come back. But he never he never came back. I had texted him and reached out to him. Never got a response. Our workers at the time knew, you know, kind of through the grapevine that he was working for a sub crew or, or working mm-hmm. somewhere else. And um, I remember one foreman in particular saw him at a job site. This was right before he passed. And they were like, I saw a grunder with so-and-so. He doesn't look good. Things aren't good. And I was like, no, no. So I had tried reaching out to him, didn't get a response. Then that's when I got the call. He was found, his body was found outside of Youngstown, Ohio, in overdose. He was with a group of people. Apparently, from the facts that I've gathered from reports, he started overdose and the people that he was with left him on the side of the road because they were afraid of getting arrested. So he could have, he could have very well been saved. While Mandy and her coworkers were hit with grief to hear of Ryan's passing, the work to maintain a healthy workplace for her team was not over. One of Ryan's close friends, another foreman named Timmy, would be impacted greatly by Ryan's death. That triggered someone else on her team that was in recovery to relapse, and he went missing for three days. I was literally driving around Cleveland looking for him, talking to his friends, talking to employees, ex-employees, anybody who might know where he is. Is he safe? We got him help. He's thriving now. We got him into a facility. He was gone for a couple months. He he came back fine. And he, mm-hmm. he was really good for years. I mean, I'm talking probably four or five years, totally sober. And the death of Ryan just, and you probably could say the whole COVID thing, you know, everyone was, you know, I, I think that affected probably that him too. But he came back and he's doing really well today. He's doing really well. Luckily, he had a much better outcome. Could it be that Mandy and First Choice's commitment to caring for the entire person of Timmy is what led to saving him from following a similar path to Ryan? Maybe, if it was not the thing that saved him, it was most certainly a large part of his healing process. Ryan and Timmy are not the only stories of addiction in the construction industry. Sadly, they are a part of a larger community. We will talk about that and how Mandy's own story has been impacted when we come back. Your roof job from six months ago is calling, and it's probably not to say thank you. Remember when they said a coverboard didn't matter? 
That's because building owners don't always think about the battering their rooftops may take over a lifetime. Densdeck roof boards help protect against routine foot traffic, future installs like solar panels or HVAC, catastrophic weather events, and fire. Make sure Densdeck roof board doesn't get value engineered out of your next job. You'll strengthen your rooftops and your client relationships. Visit densdeck.com slash stop callbacks for more information. We have been telling the story of Mandy McIntyre, a woman positively impacting the mental health of workers in the roofing industry. Her story crossed paths with two gentlemen in particular, Ryan and Timmy, who struggled with substance use and whose paths ended at very different points. The sad reality is that Ryan and Timmy are a small fraction of a larger population in the construction industry. The stats, and I have this like on all my literature that I give out, 12% of construction workers have an alcohol use disorder compared to the national average of 7.5%. Every 12 minutes, a construction worker dies by suicide. Every 12 minutes, highest suicide rate than any other industry. Seven times more likely to die from an opioid overdose. And the industry has the highest proportion of heroin-related overdose deaths. It's, it's awful. The substance use rate in construction is about twice the rate as the national average. And more construction workers die from suicide and overdose each year than every other workplace-related fatality combined. I think there's this stigma and fear of workforce it's predominantly a male workforce and men have the highest suicide rates and men are more prone to stigma and fear because they see it as a sign of weakness. And that's what I'm trying to break here is that it's not a sign of weakness. If someone had a physical ailment or they were sick, would you think they were weak minded because they're asking or need help? And then it's a stigma and fear with the culture where people are afraid to ask somebody are you thinking of, of killing yourself? And there's like this myth, if you ask somebody that, it's going to push them in that direction when it's the complete opposite. So it's the stigma and fear of leadership, of company cultures, of the industry as a whole in addressing these. So you have a workforce that's scared. You have an industry that's scared. And then we wonder why we have these awful statistics. How do we fix it? And we fix it by talking about it more, by raising awareness, by getting the education, by making mental health a priority for your safety initiatives. And that's really the only way we're going to see change. Otherwise, it's just going to continue to be a problem and exacerbate. It is not just men who struggle with mental health. More women are joining the roofing workforce. And as Mandy's story continues, she proves to be an example of how women also need to be taken care of in this industry. You have heard about this step of care every single time you fly on an airplane. Put your mask on first before you help someone else. Why? Because you can't save someone if you aren't first saved yourself. Mandy saw this in her own life when an old wound rose up in the most unexpected of times. I was actually threatened to be raped from a subcontractor because he submitted his pay up late and it, it was for way more than what he had even done. And I was like, I, I can't pay you. And he was like, well, I'll just come and have you raped. And I was like, what? 
So these are the these are the things that happen to women in our industry that men don't understand. And so it is important to <laughs> support the women on your team because they are they can be amazing in this industry, but they're also going to face unique challenges that men won't face. My shock was incredibly evident to her. I just could not believe this had happened. When I asked how she handled her own emotions and thoughts coming out of that experience, she mentioned how in the same manner she had seen many men do time and time again, she buried the emotions for fear of showing them around a bunch of guys. You know what's so weird? I was I completely brushed it off. Completely brushed it off. And I was interviewed for something. It was just like a year ago. And I told this story it and I, I've almost like forgotten about it up until like a year ago when it just, it came about, it was, they, someone had asked me about sexism in the workplace. And I was like, oh yeah, you know, threatened to be raped one time. And they're like, what? So I told the story and as I was telling it, I started crying and mm. I was like, I've never cried about this before. I, 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 I don't, I'm so sorry. I don't know what's happening to me right now. And I think at the time I was so attached to the idea that I have to, I have to be strong. I have to work harder than a man in my position because I have to prove that I'm not weak, that I'm not emotional, that words aren't going to hurt me. I, it doesn't matter what somebody says to me. I'm going to, I'm going to come back strong and it's all good. And so I never really, I don't think looking back processed what was threatened to me. And now I'm like, if that was somebody else now and that happened to them, I would be up in arms. But I, I didn't advocate that for myself. I just brushed it off. For Mandy to be fully present in helping her coworkers, she also had to make sure she was helping herself. If we want longevity out of our employees, if we want employees who are happy and fulfilled in their jobs, and if we want an environment that many other people are attracted to working in, we must ask ourselves, how are we really showing up for our employees? We can talk about physical safety all day long, but if we are not also beckoning ourselves and those we work with to take stock of their own mental health, we are gravely failing our workers. I always like ask myself, could I have done something different? What, what mm -hmm. could I have done differently? And I know like you can't control another person, but I at least want to be able to say I've done everything I can. And that's why the mental health first aid training and me being able to certify people in mental health first aid is so important to me because I don't want anyone else to ever go through this. And I know there's so many people in roofing that are struggling with addiction or is leading or managing someone with addiction. How do you help them? I have seen there are companies that are really taking mental health seriously. Unfortunately, it's because of a similar story, whether it's suicide or addiction. And the sad part is that oftentimes it takes a tragic event like this for somebody to see just how important it is. And so I'm trying to be proactive with the industry in regards to this because these problems are out there. They are there and they are probably in your company, possibly on your team. 
NRCA has a strong commitment to the pride each roofer should feel by being in the roofing industry, and we believe people like Mandy with her boots on the ground and her care reaching out to those around her are the ones infusing the pride we so long to see happen in our workforce. Yeah, if you look at other industries or you look at like corporate settings, Mm -hmm. talking about mental health, talking about diversity, equity, inclusion, that's basic. We don't have that basic foundation level in our industry yet. But that's what's going to help save the industry and help people to come into the industry is leveling up. This story is what a happy and productive workforce is all about. And we are proud to know roofing companies across the U.S. are beginning to see the value in mental health training and care. I'd like to thank Mandy McIntyre for sharing a bit of her story today. And a special thank you to First Choice Roofing in Cleveland, Ohio, for the work you helped Mandy start and continue to do that is now helping many other workforces. We are grateful for all you have done to make the roofing industry excellent. We could not produce this episode without the help from our sponsor, Densdeck. Go to densdeck.com slash stop callbacks to learn all about how Densdeck roof boards help protect against routine foot traffic, future installs, catastrophic weather events, and fire. This episode was produced by Alex Swart for the National Roofing Contractors Association. Filling in for Jared Ribble, I am your host, Crystal Ribble. And as Jared would say, be well, be safe, and be proud of this great industry.